Welcome to Markets Now. I'm Michelle Rook with John Heinberg, Total Farm Marketing. We ended Friday with mostly lower closes with the exception of the feeder cattle futures. And John, let's start off talking about the corn market, new contract lows. And of course, uh, the big shock was the increase in yield that we got from USDA, right? Yeah, that was the surprise. Every USDA report seems to find a couple surprises in it. And, you know, obviously there was two in this one that, you know, really, I think came to play, obviously, for the corn side. It was that jump in yield by 2.4 bushels per acre up to 177.3. The market was actually anticipating maybe a small yield reduction, you know, but you kind of did hear that from the countryside. The guys just talking about the amount of corn they got or how things finished out, you know, the surprise of the crop. So, Deep down inside, I guess I wasn't surprised that we saw that yield jump. It was just a big number. Obviously, that just trickles through the entire balance sheet. And uh, even with some of the demand adjustments, that carryout number jumps higher. And again, that just gives us a, the feeling of growing supplies. Demand is still a concern here going forward. You got a big Argentina crop coming as the USDA raised that projection after the Rosario Grain Exchange raised it to a record 59 million metric ton projection yesterday. You know, it's just a real difficult spot for the corn market right here as it just feels like we have ample supplies globally as we move further into the spring window. Plus, we got an increase <laughs> in the world carryout number by what, 10 million metric tons? Yeah, we saw a jump there. Obviously, the U.S. production up, Argentina production up, Brazil with a small reduction. You know, again, we'll still see how that plays out in the longer term. But the USDA added 11 million metric tons plus to the Chinese production. So that jumped that global carryout or global lending stock number uh, well above expectation when the market was anticipating to see some type of reduction there. So not, a, not only do we have higher supplies here in the United States, we're also seeing it globally. And again, just this big supply picture in the face of demand on the global scale just makes it very difficult for prices to find any traction. And obviously that was reflected in the move today. So, John, we hit those new contract lows. Do you think we have a lot more downside risk in this market? You know, we're going to be at that spot here now where we at in terms of the domestic market, the cash market, what's happening with the basis, producers moving grain. You know, those all the pieces are going to start moving in this area. You know, a lot of guys were holding out in terms of they just hopefully got the market to strengthen up. Now we get a technical break. What does that do? I wouldn't be surprised if we just see you guys unify and lock the bin doors a little bit longer until they need money for cash flow and have to push some corn out. Technically, though, we broke 460 on the March, closed well under that today. That was kind of a bigger multi-year trend line coming through. You know, we, we kind of needed to stay above there, at least from the seller standpoint or the technical side. The only thing I did find interesting, we saw the December contract go down to 447. We at least kind of gravitated back to that towards the end of the day today. So maybe that's a kind of a key number that can hold. But uh, right now, the charts look defensive and the supply side looks big and uh, still could be very difficult for this market to really find some traction. And any price move higher, it's going to probably be met with selling just as guys need to get things moving here on this cash sale front. Mm -hmm. Sabine's also shocked, do you think, by the higher yield or was the market disappointed about the South American production? I think the higher yield definitely came into that play. You know, we kept talking U.S. carryout and still 280 million bushels isn't a big supply, but it's more than the market was anticipating there. You know, obviously the South American production, both Conab this week and the United and the USDA are kind of slow playing that number. You know, we're seeing a wide variety of ranges from private analysts down there, even have one group come out to a 143 today. But that might be the race to the downside type mentality to make a name for themselves. 
you know, so we'll see where this comes in here. And uh, so I think it was the U.S. production coming in. I mean, we had actually had a really strong crush number for December. You know, so we still have that strong domestic demand, but all of a sudden, hey, we got an extra 35 million bushels out there that we can work with. And the market just wasn't ready for that. And that just made us break technically. Now we'll see if we can hold some of these kind of key levels here. You know, we're down poking at the $12 handle and the March at 1224, even new crop pushing at the $12 handle. You know, it just feels like right now the, the, the sellers are in control of this market. And if, and with the weather improving, at least the sentiment is that way, that, that it could be difficult for prices to find footing here, at least in the short term. So the fact that soybeans did hold the $12 mark and at least bounced off of those lows, do you think maybe the most bearish part of the report or at least the most bearish news is kind of factored into this market? You know, it could be at this time frame. But the other thing I'm really watching, too, let's look at that export demand. And the last couple of weeks for beans, it's been pretty difficult in terms of the numbers that have been coming through. So it just looks like our export window, which was kind of open there because of the weaker South American production, or at least Brazil production, seemed to have slammed shut. You look at the cash market in Brazil, what, what's happening in terms of their premiums. They are tumbling uh, to multi-year lows and basically making those beans available to the world at a much cheaper level. And the Chinese demand is not there. Uh, you look at the big picture. Chinese soybean meal supplies are, are comfortable. They tried to have a government bean sale, sold nothing on that sale the other day. So it just feels like right now the global bean demand seems to be drying up right at the wrong time as we're starting to get some of those fresh Brazilian beans or South American beans into the pipeline to go with what we already just now forecasted as an increased supply here. Yeah. How much lower do you think the Brazilian crop is going to get? And, you know, I guess how low does it have to get to get some price reaction? I really think the market's probably priced in a 150 type number, 150 you know, million metric tons. You know, again, you just kind of look at the chatter that's out there, the comparison to the drought year 2015-16 that Brazil did go with, that things are actually maybe in the worst shape. You know, I think that number needs to probably come sub 150. We'll see down the road, maybe that 145 to 150 window. But again, it's such a hard number to peg because we got such a large production area. You still got areas still planting, you got areas in harvest, you know, plus, you know, second crop beans, how they come into play too. So it's going to be one of those moving targets, I think, for a long time. And we may not know till next year at this window or even in the fall what that number really is. Over on the wheat, we did get lower Winter wheat seedings, we kind of expected that, a little snugger balance sheet in terms of ending stocks by 11 million bushels. Wheat market didn't care. It got drugged down by corn and soybeans. I would say it was the follower of the day. I mean, you saw the reflected in price with KC wheat or the, you know, the, with those lower planted acres only losing a penny or so today. Same thing on the spring wheat side, you know, the tighter balance sheet at least helped out. But, it's, you know, wheat and corn seem to be holding hands in, lately in the marketplace. If wheat's going somewhere, it's kind of pulling corn with. Corn's falling apart, it's pulling wheat with. So I really think that was just the spillover pressure in the entire grain sector overall that just kept wheat from maybe reflecting a little bit more friendly report than maybe the market was anticipating. No doubt. Cattle market, uh, live cattle futures anyways ended lower. Was that profit taking or some of this weaker cash trade that we saw on Friday? You know, cash trade was a little disappointing. Maybe the market was anticipating a little higher trade this week. We were down actually slightly dollar, dollar, dollar or two. 
you know, from last week, maybe tied to the storms coming through the Midwest and, you know, what's going on in that regard. So we may have had a little extra premium into the market going to midweek and that kind of came out today. And we're still higher on the week overall, you know, with the February contract picking up 80 cents, you know, over, over last week. So at least there's still a little bit of a trend thing that was encouraging this week. Maybe that's due to slower slaughter numbers, things of that nature because of the weather. Saw a nice move in the retail values. Now, if we can maintain that going forward, that would be encouraging. But right now, it still feels like we got quite a bit of cattle we got to work through and things getting backed up because the weather is not exactly helping in the longer term. No, long term, though, it should bring those weights down, you would think. Yeah, obviously, with this cold coming into, you know, animals are going to be worried about eating to maintain themselves versus gaining. And, you know, it's going to be one of those things that should help bring those weights down going forward. You know, and then we start looking at the end of the month, cattle and feed, cattle inventory reports. I'm very interested in that cattle inventory report to see where we are in terms of this cow crop, this cow herd and this calf crop. Yeah. And hogs, just some profit taking there. We did have six higher closes in a row. Yeah, we saw a nice move in the hog market off the lows, but I'm still a little concerned about the market. First off, you, just, you look at the fact that we got a, a cash index trading well below the futures. Maybe we're a little overvalued here. At least saw a little bit of retail strength here today, but the cash market's still my biggest concern. Now the index may be turning itself a little bit higher, so we'll have to see if that can continue that trend. Uh, but at this time frame, kind of like cattle, we just got to wait a few too many hogs in the pipeline here, and we'll have to see how that can work through. I think do think the weather may be a factor helping out that hog market this week. And we saw some profit taking here on Friday. All right. Thanks so much, John Heinberg with Total Farm Marketing. That's Markets Now.